0: Welcome to the Branches podcast. Following the lead of Jesus, we seek to embrace people regardless of their background or their present ground in the hope they find holy ground. We are a church for people who don't go to church. If you'd like to learn more about the reckless love of Jesus or our community of faith, please visit our website at
1: branchesoc.com.
0: Good morning, everyone. Go ahead and uh, grab a seat. Find a place to sit. Hopefully not too far back there. Uh, we're a smaller group today, so... Some of you forgot that the Women's World Cup was on, or you're, you're recording it, uh, and you're not on vacation somewhere away, but I think that's what's happening to most people this morning, is that either they're watching the Women's World Cup, or they're away on vacation, or they heard that I was going to be here. Uh, there's all sorts of things that I cannot control. Uh, but what I can control and what I can talk about is this idea of control, which is what I talked about last week. And honestly, I felt like I have like six or seven more weeks worth of material. And, uh, but what I only have today, so we're going to squeeze it all in to today. So it's going to be an extended service. They didn't tell you about that. Uh, But I figure 25 minutes times 7, somewhere in that range. Um, Again, I can't control whether or not you have to go to the bathroom and never return. But we we deal with this issue of control every day. Every day. It's something that I, I have been thinking about a lot lately. And uh, so we ha- I have some more ideas. I'm going to try and get it to you in some coherent way. Uh, but here's our outline for this week, uh, beginning with according to Jesus. Uh, any Latin speakers in here? A <laughs> new or coptus, and then preamble, stuff Jesus said. That's pretty good. Self-explanatory. Now, this one is kind of fun. CrossFit, Katy Perry, Beyonce, and religion. Uh, This is tough. What is eternal life? More things, Jesus said, and functional orphans. So this is where we're headed. Uh, So let's start with this first thing, Anuit coeptus. Uh, Can you go to the next next slide here? Does anybody recognize this? Uh, What is this? It's part of a $1 bill, right? so here it is like in this area if i had a laser pointer i'd use it but i have my finger Anuit coeptus. and then novus ordo seclorum Uh, i didn't take latin so i apologize for those of you that did if i'm mispronouncing these things this is our one dollar bill this is our money Uh, if this was stretched out here you would see written in here Something else, right? Do you know? Now, over here is E pluribus unum. It's over here somewhere. It's e pluribus unum. It's not a great image, sorry. But in here is In God We Trust, right? Uh, so, Anuit Kleptus means He, it, or she has favored our undertakings. There are exactly 13 letters in Anuit Kleptus for the 13 colonies, there are 13 levels to this pyramid. For the 13 colonies, there are 13 stripes in this little guy. There are 13 stars, 13 arrows, 13 leaves on the olive branch, and 13 olives if it was like you could see all of it um, for the 13 colonies. They had another thing that they were going to put there, but it it, uh, wasn't 13 letters, so they had to find something close enough. But according to the treasury, God has favored our undertakings is what that says. Now this, Novus Ordo Seclorum, is New World Order. So why do I tell you all this about money and about our country? We just celebrated the 4th of July, right? Uh, And what we would call Independence Day. Independence Day. Uh, Which is an interesting thought when we're talking about control. right? We celebrate our independence as a nation But I would say, even more so in the last several years, we celebrate our independence as individuals. Okay? We have taken, what we do is we have taken the Constitution of the United States and we've made it somewhat into Scripture. Right? Of a sort. We're trying, we have given it tremendous authority in our lives. So we have amended it, we have interpreted it, this is what the founding fathers meant, this is what they, right, it's not the founding mothers, it's the founding fathers, it's the, there's these certain things that we have just agreed to as a nation, because we love America, and on our money, something that we have no issues with, right, Uh, we have these statements, We like it when God favors our undertakings. We enjoy that. We think that that's a good thing. Now, of course, we don't know exactly if God favors our undertakings, but we just kind of assume. Well, we won. So God must have been on our side. And when we lose, is God not on our side? Was God not on Jesus' side? Here's some some things just to think about. Of course, we have to assume that God approves our understanding. So the United States of America, we undertook a mission to leave Europe, okay, invade a new land, subjugate the indigenous people, and assert our authority and power over them, and then kill a bunch of people that came back from Europe to try to assume, assert their authority, that we're all, you know to establish the United States of America. This is what we're doing to establish our country, right? Now, that's a hasty generalization, a terrible historical account. Don't write that in any of your papers. It's, this is, but can we ask whether or not this is the way of Jesus? Jesus, who didn't invade the Roman Empire, chose instead to suffer at the hands of it, who didn't kill to protect an idea, a value, but died in order to demonstrate it and forever change history. See, I think we have a tendency, and this is what I'm getting at, is to confuse America with the kingdom of God. Tiptoeing a little bit here. <laughs> nobody, nobody has a concealed carry permit in here, do they? <laughs> uh, But in America, we value being in control. We are the global watchdogs. Has anybody heard that before? Uh, we understand ourselves to be the supreme military power and the only ones worthy of wielding that power. You want to hand it over to England or to France? China? India? India? They're also human beings. <laughs> but we 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 are taught that we are the only ones that should wield that power. We are the ones that should be in control. Because we won, and God has favored our undertakings. This was God-ordained, maybe. Maybe, God, maybe God's plan from the foundations of the earth was to establish the United States of America. But let's keep going, just... With this idea, our country was predicated on the notion that we want freedom, right? And I am great freedom of religion. I am grateful for that. I'm grateful for my freedom. I don't fully understand what it what it means because I've never not been free. I was born into it. Just a few weeks ago, I was in I was in South Korea, and I got to go visit the demilitarized zone in South Korea, North Korea. Uh, where if you have been watching the news, you saw President Trump go and meet uh, the Supreme Leader and talk to him and walk into North Korea. Uh, Now, as I began to get to know the history of these two nations and some of the things that are happening there, one thing I learned that is, if in North Korea you choose to leave, generally you're going to go by way of China and then try to get into South Korea, a lot of them or into America if you can, or depends on how much money you have managed to save up or figure out how to use. But you go from North Korea knowing that your whole family will be murdered because you didn't return. That is the, That's the payment for your freedom. I don't know what that's like. I don't know how to be grateful for what I have because I don't know what it's like to live in what they live. So am I grateful for the freedom in the United States? Absolutely. Yes. I can come and go as I please. That's that's a privilege. Right? That's a privilege. That's a freedom I enjoy. But at the same time, when we left Europe and said we don't want a king, we established a value within ourselves that we'd like to have a vote. We'd like to be king of our own lives. I'm the king of this castle. You know, that's kind of what we say about our houses. Or queen. Uh, But Jesus comes along and says, I'd like to be king. And some of the, what are some of the phrases that we would use? The king of kings, the lord of lords. And we sing these songs and we say these things and we agree with them informationally and theologically and biblically and scripturally, we say, yes, yes, of course, all those things, but I want to vote. And I'd like to make some decisions here. And Jesus is saying, well, then it's going to be difficult for you. This is going to be tough for you. As long as you insist on having a vote, it will be difficult for you. And if it's true... Like we would memorize this verse that the Apostle, and again, if you are not a church person and you've landed in here somehow this morning, I'm so sorry, because uh, I'm going to be talking like you have some background in the church. If you have no background in the church or with scripture or anything that I'm talking about, that's okay, too. You might hear something interesting along the way, too. And hopefully, what you'll experience is love and acceptance uh, from these folks that are here, right? Uh But the Apostle Paul said, said, I have been crucified, I have been killed, hanged, shot in front of a firing squad, whatever you want to use for his death, with Christ. And it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So dead people don't get votes. Dead people don't get a say. That's hard. That's tough. what you do get is presence. You get presence, the divine presence. You get to be with God all the time, in every situation and in all places. So the United States of America, is united the word you would use right now? Just as like a bystander or an observer, would you say, as I look on the United States of America, unity is the thing that I see. you answer that in your heads uh, I think we'd hard we'd be hard pressed to find a few cities that are united let alone states they're united by the law by the constitution by the law to one another to form our country but we could say the divided United States of America that would be at least have a little more integrity right the constantly arguing and you know criticizing and debating United States of America, (laughs) right? So let's look at our preamble. Do we have that here, I think? We, the people of the United States, in order to form what? A more perfect union? Is that what we're doing? Because that's going to require some sacrifice of your individual say your vote, your rights. It's going to be about something larger than just you. Establish justice and secure domestic tranquility. Provide for the common defense. I think we've done that. Uh, Promote the general welfare. We have a lot of different ideas about how to do that. Secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, do ordain and establish this constitution for the United States of America. Okay. So I want to talk to you about something Jesus said. So if we go to the next slide here. He said, truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of God. Okay. So let's just keep that in our minds. We don't value this, this idea, I would argue. To change and become like little children? That's a terrible idea. Little children, don't they don't know as much. They're completely dependent. They make terrible choices. <laughs> they're f- still figuring things out. They don't know what they're doing. Little children depend on their parents on their guardians on those that are watching over them for protection provision direction right so we're to change and become like little children if you want to enter the kingdom of heaven what he doesn't say if you want to enter the king, enter the kingdom of heaven what you need to do is get a master's of divinity you need to memorize the entire bit of scripture in Greek and Hebrew in the original languages. Uh, otherwise you're not going to really get all the knowledge that I'm trying to pass on to you. You have to serve every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. You need to be in a Bible study on Wednesday nights. You need to go to church every Sunday. If you miss one, you're not getting in. Uh, there's all these other things that we think, this is, that's what we need to do. And Jesus is saying, no, unless you change and become like little children, and I could argue that I think Jesus is one of the most childlike man, men that ever lived. Because he lived in complete dependence upon who he referred to as his father. Do we live that way? Or are we trying to hold on to our vote and our control? Or is it sometimes back? Is there some back and forth on that one? So, CrossFit, Katy Perry, Beyonce, and religion. I had something in mind with these things. Uh, CrossFit. If I can't control my world, I can at least control my body. Right? So, I'm not against CrossFit. You can throw 24 hour fitness in there, you could throw jogging, running, yoga. You know, stretching, surfing, any any kind of thing, where you're trying to be in control. <laughs> it's this innate desire that we have, so then it gets becomes addictive, right? We start doing this thing out of, oh, I just wanted to get in shape, and it's like, dude, you won, you you have achieved it, you did it, you know, <laughs> like, but then it's like, you got, you have to do it. Right? You're no longer free not to do it. I have to, I have to do these things. Uh, but this, in my mind, it starts off being, it, it can be a good thing, it can be good, it's just not what it's just not what Jesus is asking of you. There's certain things you can do that are good things, but they might not be what God is asking of you. Right? It might be you trying to get back in the driver's seat. If I do these things, then I'm a good person, then God will love me, then we just mix it up a little bit. Like There's a verse in the scripture where it says, if you love me, then you'll obey my commandments. That sounds really conditional to me. I don't like that verse. If you love me, then you'll obey my commandments. No, he's saying, if you love me, then that's what happens. (laughs) We reverse it. I obey your commandments, so I love you, right? It proves it. I'm in control again. I can prove that I love you. Look, I didn't do that, I didn't do that, I didn't do that. I did all the things that you asked me. I showed up. I volunteered. I read my Bible. I did my study every morning. I'm part of a group. I love you, right? He saying, no, just love me, <laughs> and all the other stuff will come. He talks about the fruit of the spirit. It's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, right? And one of the last ones is self control. It's a byproduct. It's not something you do in order to get something. It's something as you follow him, as you trust him, it's something that you get. But we think, no, we We do these things, if I love him, if I have gentleness and peacefulness and patience and kindness, then I will love him. Then I have the spirit, right? I'm back in control. It's a subtle difference, but it makes all the difference in the world. He says, come follow me to his disciples and I will make you. Not come follow me and I will teach you an idea. I will give you an instruction manual. I will lay out the 12-step plan. I will. No, I will make you. From now on, you'll catch men. From now on, really? I've never caught a man before. Are we going out with nets to catch people? What are we doing? This sounds weird. So, I will make you. I'll do it. But then I'm not in control. Exactly. That's how this thing works. It's a life exchange. Your life for my life. You give me your life, I'll give you my life. Man, that's really frustrating. How do I measure that? You don't. How do I avoid your judgment? It's really simple. Don't judge. You want to avoid the judgment of God? According to Jesus, do not judge, and you will not be judged. Now, that's hard. How do I know my sins are forgiven? Well, according to Jesus, if you forgive others when they sin against you, then your heavenly Father will also forgive you. So forgive. How do I do that? Give me your entire life, and I'll give you my life. about Katy Perry and Beyonce. So (sighs) Katy Perry wrote a song, oh yeah there there it is, Roar. Uh, She wrote a lot of songs but she had the the, the official song of the 2016 Olympics which was Rise and here are some of the, the lyrics. Katy Perry, oh ye of so little faith, don't doubt it, don't doubt it victory is in my veins, I know it, I know it and I will not negotiate, I'll fight it, I'll fight it I will transform. So, I'm not against Katy Perry. Music is very catchy. Uh, but there's this idea of taking control, taking power. It's within me. I have it. Uh, I have the eye of the tiger. You're going to hear me roar. You're a firework. It's, it's, just, it's about taking control, and I would argue that a lot of young women latch on to these ideas because... They felt subjugated because they felt like they had no control. That's why these lyrics are so powerful, because you feel empowered. Which is can be a good thing, but it's not what Jesus is asking of you. <laughs> He's saying, give me your life and I'll give you my life. All authority, all power in heaven and on earth has been given unto me, Jesus says. You'll get that life, but you have to give me your life. Or Beyonce. According to Beyonce in one of her songs, Girls Run the World, um, she sings my persuasion can build a nation. Endless power. Our love we can devour. You'll do anything for me. Who run the world? Girls. (laughs) Okay, if Beyonce sings it, it's got to be true. But here's the thing. We want control, and if we can't get it through our money, then we'll find another way. We'll work our bodies out. We'll sing about it. We'll write about it. We'll get religious and moral about it. Our egos just want so desperately to be in control. So let's move to religions. And I'm not leaving Christianity out of this either, it's just a word that that Jesus never used. But but we come up with a plan for salvation. So let's look at this next slide. Uh, We call it God's plan. But according to Jesus, God so loved the world that he didn't send a plan. He didn't send a book. He didn't send an idea. He sent a person. Now this is the Latter-day Saints uh, plan of salvation, because you're probably getting over here onto the right side going, what's the celestial kingdom? That sounds nice. Um, I'd like to go there. Uh, But we get caught up in a plan instead of a person. So let's, go, let's move to the evangelical one. Um, I couldn't find a really good one, but this is essentially it. Here's all of us, sinful humanity and death. And then apparently you just kind of take a leisurely jog across, <laughs> across Jesus Christ, which has been turned into the gallows, a firing squad, an instrument of death, the cross, and over here is holy God and eternal life. <laughs> I can't begin to say how many things are wrong with this picture, but uh, but at the heart of it, what is what is difficult is that we come up with a plan and then we try to execute it and be in control, and then we get to decide who's on which side. Oh, you didn't cross. Like you're stuck at this angle here. You have not quite figured out how to launch over this piece here. So you're kind of scratching your head. What we end up doing is spending time deciding who's on which side. Based on what? Our judgment. Our judgment. which puts us under judgment. Because <laughs> according to Jesus, if you want to avoid judgment, then you don't do this. You don't stand there and say, you're on the wrong side. Now again, there's this is, like I said, I need six more weeks because there's a lot more to that. But we come up with these plans, and depending on your denomination, your plan will look a little different, right? Like there's probably churches meeting within a 300-yard radius of this place, and they have plans too. We all have plans for how it looks. And so we have denominations. We denominate God. We dename him. That's not the way it is with God. So we're going to dename that way and go denominate ourselves into a new way. That's not how we see God. Right? If we get a plan and then set off on our way to get to the end, which we'll say is eternal life, heaven when we die, the kingdom of God, however you want to interpret some of these things, and I have my own. But we get the plan and we get moving, and sometimes we get moving on our own without God. We don't need God, we have the plan, we have the roadmap, we have the plan of salvation. We have the diagram. It's that weird part in the middle where we've got to get over the top. But then it's just a nice leisurely jog in my Lululemon. You know, you're just kind of cruising. Uh, Holy God. Man, that wasn't that hard. So, you might miss it if you stick to the plan. You cannot miss it if you stick to Jesus. No matter what circuitous, crazy, illogical route you take, if you are with him, you will be in the right place. You'll end up where you need to be. Follow me and I will make you. That means a little bit of letting go of your plan. This is hard. I'm I'm not saying this is easy. Truly I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. That's his words in Luke 18. And we're going to read a little more from that in a second. But I'm told to become like a child, but the world and the whole church is telling me to live as a functional orphan. I'm told by Jesus to become like a child, but the church and the world is telling me to live as a functional orphan. Figure it out. If you love me, then you'll keep my commandments. And we turn it to keep my commandments so you prove that you're loving me. Bear some fruit so that I know, then I'll know. You say, no. If you abide, then the fruit's going to come naturally. If you love me, then the fruit's going to come naturally. Then you'll keep my commandments. That's how it works. If you follow me, then I will make you. But if you insist insist on being in control... It will be difficult for you. So I want to read a passage from Luke 18. I think I put it in here. A certain ruler asked Jesus, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Shoot. Uh, What's eternal life? Did I put this slide in there? Is there another slide on eternal life? John 17, 3. Let's put that up. Oh, this is eternal life according to Jesus. Of course, religion and you—you know, whatever denomination, you can come up with your own answer, but this is just Jesus's, so we can, we can choose to trust it or not. Uh, now this is eternal life. He just defines it for you. That they know you. The only true God in Jesus Christ whom you've sent. That's eternal life. Now, I don't know if that's what this ruler is asking of Jesus. When he, what must I do to inherit that? That, that? that I may know you, the only true God. This is what eternal life is, according to Jesus. I didn't hear much about streets of gold or going to heaven after you die in that part, did you? This is eternal life. That they know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ whom you've sent. Okay, so what do I have to do to do that? How do I control that? That's the question. So the ruler comes. The ruler, the guy who rules, who's in control. Right? And Jesus, let's go back to the passage here. Why do you call me good, Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. You shouldn't commit adultery. That's not a good idea. Don't murder people. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. Honor your father and mother. All these I have controlled, I have kept... Since I was a boy, he said, when Jesus heard this, he said to him, you still lack one thing. Okay, what do I have to do? Sell everything you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. And when he heard this, he became very sad because he was very wealthy. Now, could he, did, was he still in control? Did he? Have, he could still sell everything he has and then come follow Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, how hard it is, this is tough, <laughs> for, a rich, for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. And so, just for a moment here, I want you to imagine, the rich people were the annuit coeptus. God has favored our undertakings. That's how they saw the world. I would argue we don't see it much different today. If you're wealthy, God has blessed you. If the rich aren't getting in, who's getting in? Indeed, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle, which I think is like a a way of saying it's it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle (laughs) than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. And those who heard this asked, who then can be saved? If it's not the one whose God is favoring their undertakings, then who is it? And Jesus replied, what's impossible with man is possible with God, with God, with Jesus. It may not go the route that you planned, but if you stay with God, with Jesus, no matter what route you take, you're going to end up where you need might not have all the money. That's not the promise. Oh, it's tough. See, what we have tended to do with religion is made this eternal life equal to going to heaven when you die. And we have all these different ideas about what that is. And so we say, okay, heaven's the goal. That's where I'm trying to go how do i get there let's develop a plan so that we know that we're going to heaven and we're back in control but children are dependent upon their parents and i would say my depend, my my child's dependence on me they don't depend on me because they know me that they know about me okay My my first daughter, she didn't say, well, I'm really going to trust Dad because he has a master's degree. She was, you know, a few months old. (laughs) And my love for her didn't depend on her knowing all that stuff about me or how she behaved. When my kids were born, they were receiving my love before... They knew where I went to college, before that I knew I had graduate degrees, that I was a surfer, that I liked mint and chip ice cream, that I was married to their mother. Their receiving of my love didn't depend on them getting some questions about me right. <laughs> it didn't depend on their knowledge about me, it depended on the presence of me with them. So when my kids the other day, as I wasn't there, but uh, there was apparently an earthquake. Uh, I was out in the water, so I couldn't feel it. Something about how the ocean buffers that. Uh, so I didn't hear, I didn't feel the earthquake, but apparently my kids were, you know, feeling it. And they all went outside, and it, it's like in that moment, what's more helpful? Like, for my, for my six-year-old, do I turn on a video about tectonic plates? And this is what's happening. We are all on a bed of molten lava, these giant plates, and what's happening is there's some pressure that's causing them to move, and so there's this rubbing, and it quakes, and... <laughs> or is it presence? when your little child is afraid because the lightning is clapping and the thunder is clapping and, it, and it's loud and it's scary, is it an explanation of the ionization of, you know, in the air and here's what happened: the, the speed of sound and how that travels and it's different and you can tell how far it is by the time between the two and just, they're like, oh, thanks. Now that I know, I feel much better. <laughs> no. One of the, one of the most common phrases i hear in my house is i want mama i want mama and i'm sitting there trying to have a logical discussion with my, my 6 year old you know <laughs> well why do you want mama what what is it that i can do to help and can i explain something can i help can i be it doesn't matter i just want mama like, but what do you want what do you want mama to do nothing i just want her it's so frustrating just for me. It's super frustrating for her too. <laughs> Your dad is right there. He's perfectly capable of helping you. And now I'm just like, I'm not. I can't, I'm not you. It's presence. It's presence. It's not information. It's presence. It's not information. Oh. Let's wrap this up. All right. Here's what I think religion is doing. It wants us to be in control. Religion does. It's what you have, it's what you know, and what you can do that religion tells you that you should rely on. Religion, Christianity, is telling you it's what you know, it's what you have, it's what you can do. That's what you should rely on. Heaven sent a person named Jesus. And I believe heaven is saying, rely on Jesus. Trust in Jesus. Not your religion. Not your religion. Sorry I'm not leaving Christianity off the hook here. But it's a religion. It was founded by Jesus according to some texts. No. Jesus didn't, God didn't send a religion. He sent a person that we are meant to rely on in Jesus. Religion tells us it's about what you know, the right information, the right doctrine, the right theology. It's about what you have, the right stewardship. It's about what you can do, your moral formation, living rightly. And heaven sends a person and asks us to rely on him. But that means relinquishing your control. That means you don't get to call the shots. And that's hard. See, the Apostle Paul's religion justified him going around and killing people that were following Jesus. Then he had an encounter and an experience with the risen Christ and that changed everything it transformed him the experience and the person of Jesus transformed him he didn't do it himself into the man that we know that wrote most of the New Testament we think take what you can get do what you can maybe you're a firework you will rise they're going to hear you roar that's how the world thinks. We're, we're told to be sheep among wolves, and we're just trying to be good wolves. We insist on doing what we can, getting what we can. And Jesus insists, if you seek first the kingdom and the righteousness of God, it will all be added unto you. It's not a take what you can get. It's, it will be added. It's not do this and you get this. It's, do, it's, it's follow me, and you'll get this. It will be added. Self-control will be added unto you. Gentleness will be added unto you. Kindness will be added unto you. It's not you do these things, and then you get it. It's not if I do all these things, then I love you. See, I'm proving it. I'm in control. No. Just love me, and you'll get these things as a natural byproduct. You remain in me. Stay attached to the vine as a branch. You'll bear much fruit. If you have a plan for bearing fruit and you detach from the vine, it will not go well for you. God, good news is, because I always feel like if I'm not if this isn't good news, then I'm not doing it right. The good news is Jesus can be trusted. He's loving, merciful, really capable. The bad news is you might need to become a little more childlike. But that's not really bad news because we're all trying to be younger anyway. (laughs) So be younger. Depend on him. Put your trust in him. Not childish, childlike, okay? So we're going to participate in communion. It's a ceremony. It's a ritual in our community where we remember what Jesus did for us. He gave his life for our life. There it is again. This is my body broken for you. My blood shed for you. My body, my blood poured out for you. My life so that you may have life. My life for your life. It's an exchange. I'll give you my life. Oh, by the way, This is how humanity works. You give your life for the life of others. Go and do it the same way. Give your life for the life of others. As often as you do this, as often as you give your life for the life of others, think about me. As often as you take this bread and and, and drink this wine, as as you ingest my life, as you take it, give it. It was the ultimate sacrifice. So I'll just just offer this thought. As as you break your own body and pour your own blood out for others, metaphorically, remember that Jesus, remember Jesus as he models true humanity. It's the giving away of your life for others, the life of others. Imagine if the two billion people in the world that claim to follow Jesus did that. They gave away their life for the life of others. That they just would follow Jesus and allow Him to make them. Do you think the world would be different? If all the people that claimed Christianity as their religion, that do, in the United States, if they just did that, wouldn't this be a different country? But it's not about being in control, it's about. Following and putting your trust in. But I wonder if it would work. It sounds crazy, but it, it sounds like what Jesus is saying. Lord, as we enter into a time of praise through singing and meditation and reflection, and as we take this bread and drink this juice may we remember that you gave your life for our life and may we remember that we now have the opportunity to give our life for the life of others Lord that we would walk in your way that we would not keep trying to save our life keep trying to add unto our life but that we would give away our life for your life, that we would seek first your kingdom and allow all those things to be added unto you, that we would love you and experience the fruit of that love. So bring to our minds the ways in which that we're trying to remain in control and help us to change. We believe help our unbelief help us to change and become more childlike and more trusting in you.
1: Uh-oh, she wrote things down. <laughs> um, that was great, thank you Ash. And I'm gonna risk uh, oversharing a little bit, not length, but just personally. I'm just going to relinquish a little control because you guys are my family. And a lot of you know know me already and know some of this, but. Control is something I have struggled with my entire life, and I will continue to, Um, and uh, specifically for me, like control of my body, and uh, I spent a lot of my growing up years um, trying to control the way I looked by what I ate, and uh, in lots of different ways, Um, and the Lord's been so faithful to teach me lessons along the way. a big one for me was having, uh, being pregnant, um, and just realizing that my body's not my own, um, which I, you know, always said was God's. And before I, I said that in theory, but to realize how the first time, my literal body is not my own, and it's that I need to do the things I needed that were healthy and not shortcuts, and that were right, not just for myself but um, for my family. Um, that was a huge growing moment for me, and I think I kind of thought I had it figured out. Um, I don't know if you ever feel like you get these epiphanies, and you're like, it's done. I have it figured out. I've I've learned, and I've had an enlightenment, but no. I mean, there's this constant process, um, and I, in this last year, um, I have really struggled with uh, an injury that's come up that's been really painful, and possibly it's might last for a really long time, and running has always been a really, I know a lot of people think running, runners are crazy, but if you are a runner, you know what a wonderful thing it is, both emotionally and physically, Um, (laughs) and honestly, when I lost running, it broke me, Um, and I had to rethink my motives of why I ran, Um, and if there was some of that old stuff coming up again, Um, and I, I think after a lot of lot of like praying and thinking. The result was that I just, I decided that I was, I would run or walk or crawl um, to the Lord and with the Lord. um, And and I will, I know he's with me and that his control and his plan was the most important thing in my life. Um, And sorry, if it never gets better, that he's still there and he's still in control and he um, he loves me and uh, I've been just grateful for another um, way to learn that lesson uh, and I know I'm going to have to keep learning it over and over again I'm going to forget and I just pray that I'd be reminded um, that you would be reminded in whatever way you need to be um, over and over that God's in control and that he's present um, I'm going to pray Father Thank you. Thank you for chasing us. Thank you for your patience and your presence and your peace. Um, I pray that we would submit to your control um, and that we would know you better through that and that uh, your plan would be our plan, Father, in your sweet name. Amen. Amen.